Good morning and welcome to the Sunday message. This is your host, Sean Smith, and we are live in the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and live on in the KLE podcast, uh, another episode, the Sunday message episode. Really great to have you with me. I appreciate every single one of you, wherever you are in the world, uh, hopping onto the video, the live video, and hopping onto the podcast. So if you don't get it in the live video um, and you want to download the message of um, the podcast, you are welcome. It's on Anchor FM, uh, FM. it's on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts. It's uh, and then a number of other uh, platforms. I'm not sure if it's on iTunes. I I don't I don't know if there's a, a request enough request for it or whatever. I think there's some episodes, but I don't think they're all there. Anyway, let's get on to the message for today. And uh, hey, listen. Also, please give us a subscribe and uh, a love and uh, and a share so we can get the message out. There. Today I'm wearing my Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt showing all my patriotism <laughs> to, to, the, to the Philadelphia Eagles. There we go. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> so a question that I think I need to address is why do I talk about the kingdom so much? You know, am I starting a new heretical cult? <laughs> Um, which I've been accused of, of course. Um, but is it cultish? Is it uh, is it this like new thing? There's nothing new under the sun. Firstly, secondly, is that was the message Jesus focused on. Jesus focused on the message of the kingdom of God, and so did Paul, and so did many others. Uh, you know that were in fact associated with Christ. When he was on the earth, that was he. He Jesus said this. He said, and the, the Father has assigned or given you or or a portion to you, the kingdom, and so the, the kingdom was the focus. And we need to understand that the message of the kingdom was what Jesus was focused about, focused on. That's what he delivered. I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the Word of God, but if we do not understand the kingdom of God and we do not understand our restoration to the kingdom, that we are in the kingdom, if we do not have the kingdom, you know, somebody said we don't have to seek the kingdom first anymore because we are in the kingdom. But the word seek first there is to actually place it as the priority. It's the word, the word first there is the word proton. It means to seek as the first priority. And, and when Jesus, the Bible talks about in, in Isaiah chapter 9, it talks about to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder, upon his shoulders. The government will be upon his shoulders, not, not a religion not uh, an organization, not a hierarchy, but the government will be upon his shoulder, shoulders. In Matthew 28, it said, Jesus said this, he said, all power, all authority, not power, all authority 
has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. We've, we, we've become so focused on our little topics, our pet topics, that we've missed what that actually meant, what Jesus was driving home with that commission. And because that's what it is, is join my mission. What was the mission? The mission was to, in fact, I notify, uh, herald, proclaim the message of the kingdom of God and influence people with its values, with influence people with its the message. He said, teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you, because that's where culture comes from. And so the king has introduced us to his kingdom. So there's nothing new under the sun. That's why I focus on it. If you begin to read your Bible with a kingdom focus, it changes the whole thing. Instead of being focused just on prosperity or just on healing, you, in fact, uh, don't just focus on one area. All those things are contained in the Word of God. They're all contained there. And uh, so we, we need to understand that, is that everything is, is contained um, in the kingdom of God for us. And the Word of God notifies us of what is contained in the kingdom of God. So the kingdom contains everything. And when you become focused on what the kingdom is to you, that you are in the kingdom, who you are in the kingdom of God, then suddenly you don't worry about those things. That's what Jesus said. He said, why do you take anxious thoughts saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The pagans search after these things. But he said, so they set that as first priority. You understand, as proton, first in the order of things, is what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear, get my needs met, get my needs met, get my needs met, help me, help me, uh, help me to survive, help me to get through, etc., etc. Whereas Jesus, in fact, said, the heathen seek after these things, but your father knows you need these things, oh, you of little Faith or undeveloped faith, he goes on to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, your right positioning, aligning yourself in the right positioning with him. And positioning means I understand that I am born again as a new creature in Christ, and but I'm also a son of God in the family of God. And therefore, I have access to everything in the kingdom. Because Jesus became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You understand is that we did nothing. We can do nothing. We did nothing. And he did it all. If our preaching begins to focus, if our if our heralding, if our message we live, the message that we proclaim, the message that we focused on is kingdom. That's what people are looking for. I want you to see something. I, I read this earlier. 
And, and it just blessed me. You know, I love the book of Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians, because it, it just proclaims so many things. And, and I can start from beginning to end, but we can't do that right now. So I just want to highlight a few things. And I, I would really recommend you read the book, the letter of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church of, of Ephesus. And, uh, and in particular, go and have a look at chapter two and, and just really underline it. But and he says, verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And then he goes on to say, verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Is it, you know, we, we know that, but yet we don't live that. We're living like these, these, these really blessed people, but we're living on the streets because of our ignorance. And he says, verse 7, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Wow. You know, just go and think about that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, and not as a result of works that no one should boast. Jesus was not sent to establish a religion. When Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, I will build my, the, the church. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wasn't talking about, I will build a religion of works and ordinances and laws. More obligations, more, more requirements. He, he wasn't talking, he was talking about an ecclesia, a community of saints, a community of believers, a community of citizens, a community of sons. He was talking about a community who are related to one another, who can, in fact, effect and bring about the influence of the kingdom of God into the earth through the community, through you and I and through the community. We need to understand is that Jesus was not building a hierarchy. He was not building. He didn't come to build an organization. He came to build his kingdom. He came to establish his kingdom and to establish his kingdom in us, every single one of us. And, and from that kingdom to begin to influence the world, all authority, all exousia, all authority has been given to me. All government has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of every culture or every ethnic group, which is really cultures teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. That is our mission. That was his mission. That's our mission. Now the government is on his shoulders. He's taken back the keys of hell, death, and the grave. He's taken back all the power, that all the authority that Adam gave to um, Satan, to Lucifer. It's given taken back all that authority when he 
died and went to, the, to, to hell for three days and three nights, paid the price of the condemnation, the judgment of man, took the keys of authority and brought them back. So we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear hell. And we don't have to fear the grave anymore. It has no authority over us anymore. That is the kingdom of darkness. That is the kingdom that Satan rules over, the prince of the power of the air that is ruled over us and tormented and, and still does and influences all the cultures of the kingdoms of this world. But we do not live by that anymore. We live by new government, not by, by Satan's government. Our government is now the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, when people hear about the kingdom of God and the government of God and what a good government, it's not a harsh government. It's not a, a tyrannical government. It's not a tormenting government. It's a provision government. It's a peace government. It's you find eternal peace, you know, because here in Ephesians chapter two, he goes on to say, he said, we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, because that's from you can go to look at that in Ephesians chapter four. But he says, therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus. So first off, what was our position before we were became new creatures in Christ, before we were brought translated into the kingdom of God. We were separate. We were excluded. We were strangers and aliens. We were hopeless without God. Without, had no participant, participation in the covenants of promise. So we, we couldn't, we couldn't access the problem. And covenant means that we have a right to it. You understand? To the promises. And is it, we, we didn't have, we were, we were alienated from that. We were removed from that. We were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers. Strangers to the covenant of promise. No hope. And without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood. So one, we've been brought near. And then for he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the divining wall by abolishing in his flesh the, the enmity, which is the law. You understand, man doing things is the enmity. The law of commandments contained in the ordinances that in himself he might make the two into one new man, the new creation, thus establishing Peace, the second time he talks about peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near. So the kingdom of God, we know, is not meat and drink. It's not obligations. It's not um, these, you know, gnats, straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. It's not about our traditions of the elders. It's not about it's not about fitting into all these ordinances and these requirements, but it's about it's about um, being reconciled both in one body, the new creature, into Christ as the, the, the leading person body to God through the cross by having it 
by having put to death the enmity, and he came preaching peace to you. Peace, peace, peace. I'm telling you, the government of God brings peace. So it's not in meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The, the greatest need in people's lives is peace. That, that The peace of God that comes when you come into his kingdom. But I fear so many people in the church of Jesus Christ, so many, so much of the church are, do not know what the government of God is, do not know what their, their, their rights are, do not know what they have and what they don't have. And therefore, they look around them and they build their, their relationship, their, their spiritual journey on what they feel, what they see, on emotion, trying to appease God, trying to win God's approval. They don't have peace. And so they're still trying to, to gain peace. They're still um, looking at their needs, still looking at the, the, the sickness and disease, still looking at the situation in the earth and going, you know, all the, all the trauma and all the, all the disaster and all the uh, topsy-turvy world we're living in, all the confusion and the... And the you know, I, I look at people writing, you know, please help me. I don't know what to do. I, I'm a Christian and I believe God, but I don't know what to do. And I feel this and I feel that. Listen, I've, I've had the feelings last year coming through the situation with my son. Um, you know, it, it floored me emotionally. And I, I was hoping that my certain relationships would be there to support me. And they weren't. Thank God there were others to support me and carry me through and pray through that time with me of, of seeing him walk through that battle with cancer and then getting his miracle coming out the other side. But it did, it did hit me emotionally. And, but we cannot base our relationship with God. We cannot base our, our righteousness. We cannot base who we are on our feelings. You know, I never wavered through all that time and through all the things that, are, you know, we've been through and I've been through in my life with leaders, the good, the bad and the ugly of leaders. I've never based what they've done or my relationship with God, my my standing before in, in the kingdom of God as a son, as a as a um, as a citizen. I've never based it upon my feelings of of what others have done for me or to me or what I'm experiencing or what I'm going through. I know God is faithful. If anything needs to change, I need to change. I never question the integrity of God. I never question his word. I never question his government. I don't. I just don't. I know he's king. He's always king and he always will be king. He's unchangeable. And I, when I read the Bible, I understand who he is and what he stands for. And so it's unshakable. It's unshakable in who I am and what I do. Now we all have emotion. We all, but when you're basing your your um, your standing before God on emotion, then it's just religion. It's just religion because that's what, in fact, religion religion controls through emotion. Religion manipulates through through emotion feelings and and uh, feeling bad and and you know so if we feel if we can make people feel bad enough then we think we're actually doing something spiritual and it's not true it's not true 
So he goes, for, for through him we both have access to the one spirit, to the, um, to the Father. So then you're no longer, listen, you're no longer strangers and aliens. Strangers and aliens, or, or yeah, so you're not illegal immigrants anymore, but you're fellow citizens, you are fellow citizens with the saints, and are of God's household. You've been given citizenship to this kingdom. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. We are all, we are all representatives of the kingdom of God. We are all citizens. We, you know, I went into... I preached at a little church in Malawi a number of years ago, and my heart broke because here were the the pastors sitting in fancy chairs in their fancy suits, and the people were all sitting on the floor, poor. And I understood afterwards that they were so oppressive. They were there was two of them, and they were cursing every church in the area because if anybody, if any member, you know, from, from that church, and I, I don't even believe in church membership, but if a member went from that church or, or an attendee went from that their thing to somebody else's thing, they would curse those people. And this is diabolical. This was oppression at its best. And they were exalted kings. And then they had the audacity to tell me, why aren't you, um, you, you, he began to pray and he said, God, tell this man about Ananias and Sapphira. If he doesn't give, then he, his life could, he could lose his life. And boy, you know, when I got up, I, <laughs> I pulled out the sword of the word at that point in time and went to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and said, who is the church? Not you, not, not you. We are the church. And you see, what, what religion hates about the kingdom message is that the, the authority gets put back into every believer. Every believer is a king and a priest. And religion hates that. A re, religion likes to control everything, wants to control everything. But the kingdom of God is about every single person, every single individual has the right to become a new creature, come into the body of Christ be a member of that body, be a king and a priest, are a king and a priest, are a son of God, have the kingdom of God residing on the inside of them, all represent that kingdom with authority and power. There are no super duper Christians. There are no super duper anointed, super spiritual more than anybody else. That is Catholicism at its extreme from the Middle Ages where we had bishops and archbishops and people lording it over you. And, and you, in fact, are not conscious, not aware of your rights and your privileges. You're, um, you're not aware of the commonwealth of, of, um, of Israel that, that is yours. So even though we were, we were separate, excluded, strangers and aliens, hopeless without... God in the world, but now we've been brought near. We have peace. He broke the barrier. There's no enmity. We are a new man. 
We have peace again. We're reconciled. We have access to the Father by one spirit. We have the spirit of God. That's the thing is we've been given the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us, every single one of you, we are now fellow citizens. We are members of God's household. You are, and you need to take that and begin to embrace that, believe that, and walk that out. And if you are a leader listening to this podcast, you need to, in fact, share that with people. That's the message. We hate that. We like to keep people control. And I don't believe, I don't really don't believe the majority of leaders and pastors and, and, uh, and preachers are do it on purpose. That's what they've learned. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what are we talking about? Are we talking about a religious organization? No, he said, I will build my church upon a rock. And, and of course, from Daniel, we know the rock is the kingdom of God. The ecclesia, the, the called out ones, the, the representatives who are called out to represent the culture of heaven will be the ones that actually every single one will be the ones that are built upon the government of God. That's what the world is looking for. And so I really want to emphasize and encourage you and what you are sharing with people, what you're preaching with people. And if you are not in, in like spiritual church leadership, I want to remind you that you are a citizen. You're not an alien anymore. You're not an immigrant. You, well, you're not an, an illegal immigrant. You are being, you have been adopted into the family of God. You're not a, you, you, you're not just migrating. You are a citizen now. You're not trying to get to it. You know, I'm, I'm an immigrant in the United States of America. I've, I've got to wait five years, well, four more years to go. Then I've got to write exams and then apply for citizenship. And, and based upon their grace, they, they issue me with citizenship and then I can get a passport and now I'm an American citizen at that point in time. But I've got to go through this process. The only process you have to go through is you have to accept Jesus Christ paid the price for your right to be a member of God's household. Not man's, but God's household. Not of a religious organization, but of God's household. And a, and a citizen, a fellow citizen of the kingdom of God. So when we gather, we gather with the ecclesia. The church is a gathering of saints. It's a gathering of the family of God. It's a gathering of citizens. It's a gathering of the community of God. And when we gather together, we are there to represent him to one another. And that's when you understand 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it says, each one by the Spirit is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the, for the edification or for the good of all, for everybody's encouragement, for everybody's upbuilding, for everybody's uh, inspiration. We've been given those gifts and they're all different. They're all different, different gifts, different ways of administrating, different, way, different results and outcomes from, from the way we minister to each other. 
We're not sitting and having to listen to one person speak all the time, looking at the bald head in front of us and the bald head in front of them and the bald head in front of them. And we have our meeting, everybody leaves and there's, you know, and all we, all we want is a message to tell us how we can make it. A message on t- telling us how bad we are, how sinful we are, um, or, or h- how we can get our needs met. Those things the Gentiles seek after. He said, you seek first the kingdom of God. We've got to see it God's way. We've got to see it the kingdom way. We've got to see it from the government of heaven. And that's when we have peace, man. That's when we have peace. All right? So that's really what I wanted to share and encourage you with today is that there's so much. You know, I, I think about people that I've led to the Lord over the years and many, many years, you know, and I, I think how, how much I, I, I failed, in fact, in not making disciples enough. How, you know, people say, thank you for teaching us the word, but I'm thinking, did I empower you? Did I empower you to live with the right mindset? Did I empower you to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? And I'm focused on that now. That's what I want. I, I want to inspire and encourage people to in fact live as kingdom citizens, not as members of somebody's organization. I, I, I want to be like Jesus and not build a religious organization. I want to see the kingdom of God established in cultures around the world. And that's what you and I are called to do. And we're called to do it out of, excuse me, out of a community, out of the community, which is the church. We get equipped there, but not all, you know, it's like beating, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy stuff that goes on. You know, I've seen guys getting up and shouting and screaming and spitting at the people. There's a handful of people, but, and I go, the only time, only reason you have to try and impress people with your shouting and screaming, the only reason you have to impress people with your emotional thing is because you don't have authority. When you have authority, you can say to the waves in the sea, shh, and great calm, great peace comes. So much so that the people around you say, what kind of man or woman is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. See, we don't have to shout at devils. If If we understand and know our authority, we just say, devil, leave. If we understand the kingdom government that we represent, then we'll just say to, to the centurion, go. And as you've believed, that's what will be done for you. We speak with authority. And from that moment, his servant was healed. We'll speak with authority that when we enter the house, after telling a, gr- a grieving father, do not fear, do not be afraid, only believe. That's a connection. And we step into the house where there's a, a dead girl laying, a little girl dead. Pa- parents are grieving, all the religious mourners are there, of course, walking up and saying, little girl, I say to you, rise up. Didn't have to shout, didn't have to scream, didn't have to get 10,000 people fasting and praying. 
just walked up and said, little girl, I say to you, arise, give us something to eat and drink. That's the kind of authority we represent. When you understand kingdom, that's what you'll understand. Circumstances, situations, sickness, disease, um, finance, provision, demons and devils. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by, by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Then you understand authority. So when they came to Jesus, well, by what authority? He said, I have already told you, but he didn't say that. He says, well, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you this. By what authority did John the Baptist speak? See, Jesus came representing the kingdom of God. I saw something this week. Somebody wrote in a, in a Facebook group, and he said this. He said, um, you know, I heard that Jesus wasn't really God because otherwise we, we think that he just does works as God and we can't do what he does. Jesus didn't come working as God on the earth. He was absolutely God, had to be God. Otherwise, he couldn't pay the price. You can see the post in the Facebook leadership, um, Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group. I did a post on it. He didn't come. He came representing the kingdom of God. He said, for this purpose, I've been sent to preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. He preached the kingdom of God and healed the sick. He said to the disciples, I give you authority and power to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Go now and preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is here. See, they have authority and they were to demonstrate that authority, that power. Because of the message they carried, because of what they were proclaiming, because of who they were and what they were representing. That's why they had power and authority to do these things. So I really want to encourage you, rethink, you know, take the time to meditate on these scriptures on kingdom. Listen to these messages. Listen to them again and again. I do. <laughs> to remind ourselves that we are not members of a religion or an organization. We are kingdom citizens. We are kings and priests, a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. And therefore, we bring the culture of the kingdom of God into every facet of our cultures where we live and what we do. All right. So thank you for being with me again today. I appreciate you listening to this episode. And until next time. Uh, this is Sean saying God bless you.